you for listening to our podcast today here at Word of Life. One of our values here at Word of Life is grow, and we've created a whole platform with your growth in mind. From in-depth series on worship and prayer to short and powerful articles on parenting, we have programs and content made just for you. So don't forget to subscribe at thelifeonline.cc. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Well, good morning, Word of Life. How is everyone this morning? Okay, wow, incredible. Wow, that was just overflowing. Abundant emotion tonight, today. Anyway, my name is John Romick. For those of you that might not know me or if this is your first time with us, I am not, thankfully, not the pastor of Word of Life Church. It gets better after today because pastor is going to come back. So hold on for a second. But we are in the middle of our summer reading series. And what we do is we talk about books that are good to read during the summer that have... Um, insights uh, on different topics. And just so you know, in different campuses, they're talking about different books. So you can always go uh, on Facebook or on YouTube and you can hear what everyone is uh, talking about. I actually got the chance as I was driving uh, back yesterday uh, to hear the, the talk on visioneering. And so that was that was pretty intense. I've never read that book. So now I'm going to read that book. And it just, it, it's it's good to, Good to hear uh, the voice of God through different people. Anyway, so that's my, that's my little segment on what we're doing. Today, we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. Specifically, we're going to be talking about this book called or titled The God I Never Knew, which speaks about the Holy Spirit. And what I like about this book is that it speaks about the Holy Spirit without making it weird. Because if you have been part of church for a long time, uh, you you might uh, recognize this or understand this, uh, but when people talk about the Holy Spirit, there's two reactions. Uh, there's some you've mentioned the Holy Spirit, and there's you know there's your woo people, right? They're like, yeah, Holy Spirit, yes, and they're ready. They got their dancing shoes on. They're you know they they they've put deodorant, so they're all up in there. Like it's it's intense. But then there's other people when you're talking about the Holy Spirit that are like, oh no, this is one of those churches. And so what I want to talk about today is I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. And usually when people talk about the Holy Spirit, there's like a 15 minute disclaimer on it. Uh, you know, like, I'm sorry, this might get you uncomfortable or not. So, so today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit without a disclaimer. Uh, today, what we want to talk about and what we want to highlight is that we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. If you leave this place and forgot everything, slept through half of this, remember this. You need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. Actually, Jesus, whenever he was about to die, he took his disciples on this mini excursion to tell them a few things. And one of the main things he told them found in John chapter 12, John chapter 14, and John chapter 16, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. And he's saying, guys, when I leave, I'm going to leave with you the Holy Spirit. He's going to be your helper. He's going to be your comforter. He's going to be your guide. The actual word that is used to describe the Holy Spirit in Greek is paraclete. And it has an abundance of names and definitions, but it means he will be your standby, your comforter, your helper, your guardian, your defender. That There is so much that the Holy Spirit is in our life. But before we even talk about that, let's recognize one thing, and it's Jesus saying we need the Holy Spirit. 
See, when Jesus went to heaven, he told the disciples, guys, before you go out and do anything else, stay in Jerusalem until you have the Holy Spirit and then go witness. Because the Holy Spirit to a Christian is like fuel to a car. It helps you keep moving. And sometimes we don't reach places that God has prepared for us because we don't have the guide to take us there. And when we're trying to do things in our strength and in our power, when really what we need is more of the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. And so I want to talk about this today. And there's a story that came to mind as I was meditating on this. And it's found in 2 Samuel chapter 6. And this is a pretty famous story. In 2 Samuel chapter 6, King David is going to get the Ark of the Covenant because the Ark of the Covenant was where the presence of God resided back in that day. So today, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The presence of God resides in each and every one of us. But back then, that didn't happen. And so the presence of God was actually in this Ark of the Covenant. And if you've seen movies, different movies or documentaries, you kind of know it's the thing, like the box with the angels looking uh, opposite directions. And what's incredible about this story in 2 Samuel chapter, 2 Samuel chapter 6 is that you're going to get the Ark of the Covenant because for the past 20 years, if you know the context, for the past 20 years, they didn't have the Ark of the Covenant, which to me is so crazy because they still had church back then. They still went to church. They still sacrificed back then. They still did all these things. And yet they didn't have the presence of God. Which to me is so crazy because what's the point then? Like, why are we going to church? Like, I mean, if I were a kid back then, I'd be like, why are we going to that place if there's not even the presence of God there? They, they, they don't have the presence. Why are we sacrificing? Why are we doing these things? And in today's version of our church, I feel that sometimes that might be the same story. That we go to church to fulfill our social quota. That we go to church because that's what you do in the South. Everything else is closed. And so you might as well go to church, right? And instead of that, we don't pursue presence. We don't pursue the Holy Spirit because we think we might get weird. My, my dad, he's a pastor in Colombia, missionary in Colombia, and, and he's all about the Holy Spirit. He's one of those like power-packed people that's like always Holy Ghost. And so growing up in that, I always, I always prayed to God every time we would go out with my dad that my dad wouldn't be weird. Uh, have you ever prayed that before? Like we're, we're walking at a Walmart and we're like, please, please, Father, like do not move in the Walmart, right? Because, because my dad gets weird and my dad doesn't care. And so he'll start to sing. And then, and then the, the cringiest part is then he'll like start praying in tongues in public. So no one even knows what the, like this man is doing with this man. And I'm, I have to like be there watching him get blessed. And it's just, it's awkward. And so I, I grew up in this and then I became the youth pastor of the church and I'm still battling through these things. I believe in the Holy Spirit, but my, my battle has always been like, but why do you have to be so weird, man? I mean, why can't you just be normal like the rest of us, right? And so one of my biggest battles as a youth pastor back home was the following phrase, invite someone to church. Because every time I would say that in my mind, I'd be like, oh, we're the crazy church though. Like we're the church that believes in the Holy Spirit. And so in my mind, it's like invite, invite people to a church, maybe not this church, because if they come to this church, like they're about to experience something crazy. 
And, and so I, I, I'm battling through all of this. And then we, we have a youth conference that we hold every year. And, and so I'm asking the Holy Spirit, I'm going through this and like, what do you want me to teach on? And what do you want me to preach on? And so he, he says healing. I, I feel it. And so I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm not scared about healing or anything. I've seen God heal before. I believe God is a healer by his stripes. We are healed. There's, there's a lot of biblical precedent to believe in that. But in my mind, it's like, you know, I believe, you know, you can cast the sniffles away. And if you got a headache, you know, out in the name of Jesus and Tylenol and done. Uh, but the, the big stuff, you know, I'm, I'm kind of scared about that, you know. And so anyway, so we have the conference. There's like thousands of kids in there. And then there's this lieutenant that calls me from the Colombian, Lieutenant Colonel, I forget, I have to find out what he was exactly, but he calls me from the Colombian army and he's like, hey, we have a, a bunch of kids that are part of the army that th th there's actually like a platoon that is created in the Colombian army for everyone that's been hurt by the war. So people that don't have legs, eyes, arms, they, they create like this whole segment of the army. So it's like, can we bring can we bring a bunch of these kids to the conference? I'm like, sure, bring him. And I start to laugh because I was like, ah, oh, you want me to speak about healing, don't you? Okay. So we, we start preaching on the power of the Holy Spirit. And then all of a sudden, everyone in the room kind of just like, they connect. You could just feel it in the room. And, and different rooms have different feels. And it all depends on not only what is being preached, but what is being received and pulled on. And, and at that moment, I just felt everyone was like, catching on like we need the power of the holy spirit and so i'm like i get excited I, if you know me i'm like super emotional so i'm like everyone's it's clicking so i'm like all right we're gonna pray for healing today and then i say and if you want healing you're gonna have to come up because i knew a lot of them couldn't walk and so full honesty so in my mind is like so as we're praying for people if they come later and they're like hey why aren't we healed i was like well because the healing was up front and I mean, I don't make the rules. I just, you know, I just play along. And so a bunch of kids come. And so we're praying for headaches and sniffles and stuff. And it's exciting. People are shouting. God is good. Amen. Woo. And I see two kids from the, the, the army that start literally like trying to make their way down. So I see them and they're struggling because one of them has, uh, well, one of them has sunglasses. So obviously there's something happening. Either he's completely blind or partially blind. So he's making his way up front with this friend who's got crutches. So I start to pray faster. I'm like, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. So by the time they're there, I was like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm out. Like, so, because I'm scared. I, I, I'm scared of, of over-promising and under-delivering. And I think that's one of the, the biggest struggles that we have with the Holy Spirit is I don't want to go all out on the crazy if there are no results. So they come up, and, and so I look at them, and, and so one of them, I don't know what it's happening, but he's got the sunglasses on, so I know it's something with his eyes. The other guy's got crutches and something with his leg. And so I'm kind of not at that point yet. So I grabbed two kids. I'm like, we're going to do something. The same Holy Spirit that is in me is in each and every one of you. So you two kids pray for them, right? I'm trying to be super spiritual, but I'm trying to get out of it as quick as I can. So the, the kids come up and I go and I start praying for the other people again. And then I hear an uproar. Literally, people start to scream and shout and and then one of the kids, I remember it today, Johan, which was a kid we were working with that I asked him to pray. He comes running with the sunglasses in his hand and he's just screaming like, ah, ah, ah. 
I'm like, what happened? What happened? And, and I, like, it connects. It's like, oh, my gosh, someone got healed. And I'm like, I, I never doubted. I never doubted. I'm, I'm running. And, and I see it. And this guy, he's in tears. And so I ask him, like, hey, what, what happened? And so he's like, well, what, what, in the war, I forget what it was, if he was shot or shrapnel or something, but he lost his eye completely. Uh, and so he had no eye. And I was staring at him and he had an eye. There's no other way to explain it. Like no eye, had a full eye. So I'm like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. Like, oh, like staring at your hand, right? And then the guy beside him, he knows his friend, has no eye, see him with his eye. So he grabs his crutches and throws him and starts to walk. So I don't even know what is happening. So I grab him and I bring him up so that everyone can see. Like, hey, guys, this works. <laughs> and, and he gives this testimony. that He had been shot, I forget, like six times or something. And so he had like metal rods in his leg. And I don't know if it's bendable, bendable like metallic rods or what it is, but he could like move his leg and walk and he was dancing and shouting. It was incredible. It was awesome. And then I hear one thing that kind of shocked me because as we're all shouting and stuff, I hear them talking and, and they're celebrating with cuss words. I don't know how else to say it. You know, you know how like they get so excited that they start cussing a little bit. And so I'm like, are you guys saved? They're, you guys aren't saved yet, right? So, so I go and talk with them and they receive Christ. And then I remember 1 Corinthians and I, I want us to go there. Uh, this, all, this all connects, trust me. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 to 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 to 5 says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. Were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. Were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I believe that as a church, we are called to, to be the conduits of a demonstration of the Holy Spirit. And, and if you read this, it says a demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power. Now, sometimes we equate the Holy Spirit to being power. So like when we talk about the move of the Holy Spirit, we're talking about oh, signs, wonders, miracles. But the, the Bible also talks about the Holy Spirit and having fruits of the Holy Spirit. That as you are filled with the Holy Spirit, that as you yield to the Holy Spirit, that there is fruit in your life that, that is far above uh, your education, far above how you were raised. The, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control, and probably one more that I always forget, one long-suffering. Um, but my point is that as you yield to the Holy Spirit, it's not only the miraculous that happens, but also there is supernatural joy, supernatural peace, supernatural love that is in your life 
so that you can be a witness. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and I know I'm throwing a lot of Bible at you today, but I need us to grasp this concept that I mentioned at the beginning. We need the Holy Spirit as a church. I'm not saying we don't have the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying you haven't or you have. What I'm saying is for the rest of our life, we need the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to be real. We can't be the church and not have his presence in our life. We can't be like Israel that for 20 years they went to church they were the church they were the people of God and they didn't even have the presence of God in their life which is why so many of us I include myself in this why so many of us we have problems sometimes in life and we're frustrated because we've got plans but we don't have presence because we were looking for promise but we're not pursuing presence because we're looking for these principles of life and we're not pursuing his presence see the whole principle and the whole premise of who God is and what he did in Jesus and in the cross and the burial and the resurrection is he opened the way so that we could boldly approach his throne before he poured out blessing upon his people, before he poured out healing upon his people, the first thing that he did when Jesus died was the, the veil was torn. It shows the principle of importance to him. That the first thing that he wants is for us to know him and the power of his resurrection. It's what Paul would say, that I've, I've achieved the pinnacle of success, the pinnacle of education, I, I've done it all, but I consider it all trash compared to the knowledge of knowing him and the power of his resurrection. I want to empower you today. I want to get you a little bit excited today, but most of all, I want you to want more of the Holy Spirit because the, the miracle side of things is not just for people that have a platform. The miracle side of things and all these things is for each and every one of us. See, when Jesus described the Holy Spirit, he described him as the helper, the guider. He said that everything that the Father says, the Holy Spirit will tell you. And I feel a little bit frustrated sometimes when people are shocked when you say, the Lord told me this, or God spoke to me the other day. It frustrates, frustrates me a little bit. We were with a, like a pretty famous pastor and he was talking well about Pastor Joel. And he's like, you know what I like the most about Pastor Joel? It's just shocking how much I, I love this about him. He's, he's talking he's, and he says, I love that Pastor Joel always says stuff like, I was cutting the lawn, the, cutting the grass the other day and then I had a vision. And I was, I was walking and then the Holy Spirit told me something and spoke to me and all these things. And you, you know the stories. And in my mind, as I was looking at him, I was like, why would this shock you? Like, why does this shock us? It reminds me of, of 1 Samuel chapter 3. It's speaking about Samuel. And we know the story of Samuel when he hears the voice of God at night. And so he finally is trained to go to God and be like, here I am. You know, what do you want? This is your servant speak. But the first couple of verses in that chapter say something very interesting. They say that in a time when the voice of the Lord wasn't heard, God spoke to Samuel. You can live, these are the children of God. These are the very children of God. They have the presence with them. They, they have everything. They've got the stories. They've got the testimonies. They've got the manna, right? They, they, they've, they know how God parted the Red Sea. They, they have all of this in their life. This is their heritage. And yet they didn't know the voice of God because they stopped pursuing his presence. 
So we come back to 2 Samuel chapter 6. They haven't had the presence of God for 20 years. And King David, he re recognizes this. And he's like, how are we even having church if we don't have the presence of God with us? So he's like, we're going to bring it back. So they go and he brings 30,000 people, a huge army, because his intent is to pursue the heart of God. That's why David is known as a man after God's own heart. He wasn't after promotion. He wasn't after the kingdom. He was after the presence of God. To the point where he's writing Psalms 23. And when he writes Psalms 23, he's been promised a throne. And he ends up in everywhere but the throne. He, when he was promised the throne, he's anointed, you're going to be king. And then the next thing that happens to him is he goes back to the fields to tend the sheep. And then after that, he's persecuted. And so he ends up in caves. And after, after that, he's in battles. And then finally, he makes it to the throne. And while he's in the throne, he's all like, oh my gosh, took you long enough. Like, I don't even have the grease that you poured oil on anymore. That has nothing to do with it. He, in, in every moment of his life, as he knew what was promised, he always pursued his presence. So he writes Psalms 23. And it's amazing what he says because he says, even in the presence of my enemies, the enemies haven't even left yet. The problems are still there. But you've prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He's like, surely goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. Nothing good really has happened in his life. And yet he has everything that he's ever needed, God's presence in his life. And see, now we, we extrapolate this and now it's 2022. Welcome to the future. You are here right now. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Jesus lives inside of you. You have everything you've ever needed in him. And we're looking for promises sometimes. And it is good to have the Bible. Obviously, this is what, what God spoke to be written, to be spoken to us. But you have the Holy Spirit who is your guide, who is your helper. And he will take you and guide you into all things. I, I, I have a friend that says the Holy Spirit is a genius. And if you listen to him, he will make you look smart. And I believe we need to learn how to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit more often. And understand that he is not weird. He is God. And when God guides you, when God leads you into these things, trust me, you will have joy that's unspeakable and full of his glory. You will have a peace that passes all understanding that will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. My dad, speaking about him again a little bit. So he, he loves the Holy Spirit. He's all about that. And, and growing up in our family, it, you know, days would get kind of weird when my dad would get all excited about the Holy Spirit. But at the same time, I saw a lot of miracles in my parents' life that can only be attributed to the Holy Spirit. I remember two specific miracles. One, uh, we were in this moment, there was financial difficulty in the church. And, and this guy came up to my dad. I remember I was in the office as well. This guy came up and he had the best business plan ever like he came up to my dad and basically explained listen if we invest in this and we do this and we do that and that and that and that, and that, and that, and that like everything will be solved and I got super excited because I'm like this is what we've been believing for amen and so I'm looking at my dad I'm making eye contact with him and I'm like this is it this is it and my dad just has this like weird stare it, it was his weird face and so he's just looking at me and so the guy leaves and then he tells me, I don't know, I just don't have peace about it. I'm like, well, you don't need peace about it. All you need is sign. I mean, like, 
Trust me, all you need to do is sign your peace or whatever. Like the peace is not paying the bills right now. And so we need what this guy is, is telling. He's like, I don't know, I just don't have peace. And so he's like, I'm going to pray about it. I'm like, no, see, when you pray about it, like, I, I don't know. Like this guy needs it now anyway. So obviously he's the boss. So he goes, prays about it, doesn't get peace. And he comes back and he's like, you know, but we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. And that's it. So I'm like, this is the dumbest thing ever. I mean, I'm like, this is like, why, why would you pray? There's some things that you don't need to pray about. You just need to do. And like, I'm trying to teach my dad, you know, the Bible. Like a year later, we had forgotten about it. We had other financial miracles that happened. So we were okay. And then he comes back and he like shows me, <laughs> he shows me in the news, something that had happened with that business and everything. And it was just crazy. I don't want to get into details because people Google these things. And so I want to, I want to keep it as sincere as possible. But my dad looks at me and he's like, listen, never doubt the Holy Spirit. He, he will make you look smart. He wants the best in mind. So I'm like, okay, so I'm learning. And we, we go the, this other day, we need to go get some stuff notarized. And so in, in Colombia, you have to go to a specific office to get things notarized. It, it, it's different. So we're in this office. This, just not, this doesn't happen but we're sitting down and then all of a sudden two people start to get into it. They start to fight like verbally. So I'm like looking, I'm like pretty interested. I'm like, what is happening? And then the things escalate, then things escalate and then more people come in and then punches are being thrown. And then a, a seat was thrown through the window. So I'm so everything like in a second, I'm like from from, you know, verbal dispute to like pop pop, and things are being thrown and people are saying stuff. So I, I'm like, I get anxious a little bit. So I stand up because I'm like, which side are we on? So I look at my dad and my dad, he's sitting down with his eyes closed and he's just moving his lips. And so I'm like, dad, dad, this is not the time to pray. Like, no, no, you've prayed enough. Like, this is the time where we lay hands. Like, that's all so biblical. Let's get going. Pick a side. And my dad, he's literally, he's literally praying for peace. And he's saying, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Do your thing, Holy Spirit. And so I'm a little aggravated. But when I turn around to see what's happening, listen, this, uh, it's so weird to me because there was a piece that came in the room. Literally, it was so weird because it wasn't like someone got knocked out and so people got scared so the fight stopped. It was all of a sudden, people just started sitting down again. And then the people started like splitting everything. And the reason why I say it was weird is because nothing really changed. Everyone, it was awkward at that moment because I was like, you just punched him and now we're all just sitting down. It's like, what happened? And then my dad like nudges me. He's like, man, the Holy Spirit never fails. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> but I, I say these stories not, not just to be like, hey, my dad is super spiritual. Like, look him up or something. I, I say these things to inspire you to look for the Holy Spirit like David looked for presence. Because we need the Holy Spirit. And listen, we all have different problems. We all are going through different things. I like the way Oswald Chambers says, let God be as original with you as he has been with others. So I'm not saying go into Walmart, start saying Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit until the prices fall or, or, or things of that nature. What I'm saying is pursue his presence and pursue the Holy Spirit because he is real.
And he is the gift of God to our life. And, and honestly, Jesus said, before you go and witness to people, get filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what he told the church. He's like, before you go out and get frustrated because people aren't accepting your eloquent speech, get filled with the Spirit so you can demonstrate the Holy Spirit and power. If needed, healings are the best way to stop a conversation like that. I mean, if necessary, the power of the Holy Spirit is the best way to win a debate. So instead of trying to force yourself on people and force them, it's like, you need Jesus and all these things. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. I've learned that the Holy Spirit will guide you to people that are ripe to be harvested. And sometimes we're trying to harvest a, a person that is at the, the planning stage still. And we're trying to reap fruit from, from a moment that is not ready yet. And instead, the Holy Spirit can guide you to people that are ready, that it's easy. I remember dur during COVID, I was washing the car with Carolina. And to us, it's incredible because like these places where you can go in and put coins and then wash cars don't exist in Colombia. So we're having fun. And like, I'm like soaking her and the car. And, she, and we're just, both of us are playing around. And then this guy comes up, very sketchy guy. He comes up and like walking, he's, he, he wants to ask for money. And, and so I, I, I get a little uncomfortable with him. So I'm like trying to talk to him and get him away from my wife. So I, I, and I'm praying, I'm like, God, like, am I going to get knife right now? Like what is happening? Like, we're, we're in Dallas and not the best part of Dallas. Uh, and, and so I'm trying to like pray and talk to the Holy Spirit real quick. And then all of a sudden this guy, he starts talking, 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 and then I, I just get it. It's like, no, 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 no. The Holy Spirit wants me to tell you something. So he's like, he, he knows who you are. And, and that's, all, that's all I said at the beginning. It's like, he sees you right now. So he looks at me he's like, who sees me? It's like the Holy Spirit. He's been, he, he, knows, he knows that you were here right now. And I'm trying to find out what it is. And it's like, oh, you're hungry, right? You haven't eaten in a couple of days. And then he starts to cry. And I didn't even know, but he spoke Spanish. So it got even easier because I'm like, oh, you can speak Spanish. I can speak Spanish. And we start speaking in Spanish. We buy him dinner. We, we set him up. He's crying. It was easy. It was the easiest moment of my life, the easiest message I have ever given, being guided by the Holy Spirit. And I ask that you be yielded to the Holy Spirit today, that as you go, you, you follow through with what Jesus said, that you might be endued with power from on high so that you can be witnesses everywhere. Uh, a, a witness that is effective is a witness that is guided by the Holy Spirit. Now, sometimes we're trying to get our family members into church, get everything. Let's get the Holy Spirit in ourselves first. The church. We are the church. Before we start thinking of people that need to be in the church. Let's pursue presence again. And, and let's follow what Zechariah 4, 6 says. It's not by power, not by might, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. That there are, there are things that we think need to be done. There are programs and schedules and things that we think that are, are necessary. And those work. But the Bible says that before anything else, we need to be led by the Holy Spirit. See, we, we sometimes pray and are like, God, I need you in my life to fulfill this plan. And God's like, no, no, no. I mean, I, I, you need me in your life. That's true. But what if I have a different plan? What if I have a different way of doing things. Carolina lately has been praying a prayer that scares me every time. At the end of the month, she always prays the same thing. She's like, Holy Spirit, because we get paid at the end of the month, so she's like, Holy Spirit, what do you want us to do with this money? 
And it scares me every time because the Holy Spirit is far more generous than I am. Like, this is the truth. Like, it scares me because I'm like, Carolina, like, don't, don't be, like, so liberal with this. I mean, the Holy Spirit will give everything away. Like, he doesn't know. Like, we have to save. And Dave Ramsey obviously doesn't like this. And... <laughs> and I'm not gonna, I mean, I'm already in the red, so I have to stop. But, but if we can enumerate the, the blessings financially, spiritually, relationally, that have happened in our life because of our obedience to the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, he will lead you. He will guide you into all the truth. And the Bible says that when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. That when you follow the Holy Spirit, you actually follow him towards freedom in your life. That you acquire a peace that passes all understanding. That guards your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. That you start to understand that even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you, you shouldn't fear evil. Why? Because God is with you. And the fact that God is with you is far superior than the valley of the shadow of death that you are going through. That, that the enemies that you have in your life might be a lot, might be big, but God has prepared a table before them, before you in the presence of your enemies. That you understand that you can sit in a table that has been prepared even when your enemies haven't been eradicated yet because you have God, because the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. So what we want to do today, we, we actually have this book that we want to give and it, it, literally the title says, How Real Friendship with the Holy Spirit Can Change Your Life. And we believe that here, that more than just being part of a community, which is important, more than just, you know, singing and listening to the word, that you might find a real relationship with the Holy Spirit, that is a life changer. So we actually have these books that we want to give to you at the end of service if you come up. But before we want to do that, I'm going to ask the prayer team to come up. We're going to sing a song. And while the prayer team is up, if you want to receive the Holy Spirit, we are a church that believes that you receive Christ, but you can also be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And what that means is that the Holy Spirit comes upon you so that he might guide you. And we are a church that believes in the initial evidence of speaking in other tongues. Like I said, there's no disclaimers today. There's a lot of disclaimers, any other service. And, but today, I just felt to be as straightforward as possible. I asked my dad once, why do we pray in tongues? Why, why, why can't it just be French? That would be so much more like cool, right? Like if we all just receive the Holy Spirit, and parlez-vous français? Like, like, that would be awesome. And he told me, because if you understand what, what praying in tongues is, it is the Spirit praying through you directly to God, overpassing your mind. And what he told me was the reason why we pray in tongues is because there's some things that the spirit has to pray for that you're not ready to believe in yet. And you still have to pave the way for that through prayer, which is why the Holy Spirit will pray through you. And you might not, in the, literally 1 Corinthians 14, if you read about it, it says, when you pray in tongues, your spirit is edified and your mind is blank. And that happens. So that's why we pray in the spirit and then we pray in the understanding. That's why we sing in the spirit and we sing in the understanding. And today is that type of service where we're going to yield to the Holy Spirit. We're going to allow him to pray through us. We're going to allow him to speak to us that we might know those things that he has for us. And maybe we're not even prepared for those things. So we'll let him pray it out through us. 
And if you are ready to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, you can just come up and one of the prayer team people that are going to be up here in a second, if you want to come up, if you're part of the prayer team, I'm going to invite you to come up now. Uh, they'll be here. We'll sing the song. And the reason why we're going to sing the song for the rest of us that maybe are already baptized in the Spirit is David, if you're in, if there's homework for today, I would say read 2 Samuel chapter 6 because we didn't get very far. And then at the same time, the same story is described in 2 Chronicles chapter 16. Same exact story. But 2 Chronicles 16 actually has more depth to it. And it says what exactly David was singing when he brought in the presence. And what he was singing is he was reminding himself of everything that God had done. He is reminding us because when you remind yourself of everything that God has done, it inspires faith in you. And not only does it inspire faith in you, but it also positions you for everything that God wants to establish in your life. Because if we are all honest, everyone here, because of God, has survived their worst days. Like I'm, I'm sure you've had terrible days and yet you are here, which means you've survived them. And that is thanks to God. So there's a lot to be thankful for. I just want us to pursue his presence this morning. So I'm going to ask you to stand up because that's my, that would be my cue to finish. And while we worship, if you feel led, if you need prayer, come up front. If you're already baptized, I'd say raise your hands and go for it. Yield to the spirit. Let, let miracles happen in your life. It says in Mark chapter 16 that as they went, the, the, the Spirit backed up the Christians with signs following. And I believe that to be true and real today. You ready? All right, Father God, we thank you for this day. We just thank you, Father, for the opportunity that you've given us to be in your church, but more importantly, to be in your presence, Father. Father, and if we've been away, we want to make our way back, Father. And just like David pursued your presence, we want to pursue your presence this morning. Not just this morning, but we want to make it a lifestyle, Father. That we pursue presence over promises. That we pursue your presence over principles. That we pursue you, Father. We want to know you and the power of your resurrection. We want you to be real. We don't want just to talk about other people's miracles. We want to talk about the miracle that you are in our life, Father. That you are real in our life. That we're not just talking about someone else's book and someone else's story and someone else's testimony but that we get to talk about how good you have been in our life that we get to tell people the miraculous things the supernatural things that are happening in our life because we have you father so we praise you this morning and we give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise in the name of jesus i pray amen